Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gate, ready to go. OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Thursday edition is here. Jam-packed edition from Radio Road, Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. And sitting in the middle as we kick things off, Sean Alexander, <laughs> SEC and NFL star and uh, a new father. Yet yeah. again, congratulations. Yeah. Baby number 12 is here. Amazing. 12. <laughs> Our reaction when we heard that was pure, as a father of two daughters, yeah. 12, nine girls, nine three, girls boys, three boys. Three right? boys, yeah, yeah. So for oldest three are girls. And this is how, how you stay in such great shape. That's it. Chase them down. <laughs> how old is the oldest? 18. So she just graduated high school. She's picking a college, heading off to college in September. Bama? Uh, I was trying to get her to go to Bama. I don't, I don't know yet. I don't well, you have know. 11, 11 other tries. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, you know, it's like, man, when she goes, you know, who's going to cry more? Is she going to miss the family? I'm like, she's ready to go. <laughs> I'm going to cry, you know. <laughs> How are things here in L.A.? Man, it's been fun. You know, I've, I've been just, uh, you know, when you when you see like Simon Wilcox and Anthony yeah. Munoz and and uh, and uh, Chris Rose, I, I've, I've I've they did my high school games. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, wow, like that's amazing. Like I'm watching them, and I've seen their careers go. And and they obviously have said the same thing about me. And then, you know, uh, having all these guys uh, talk about college and and the pros, it's I've had some some really great nostalgic moments thinking about my career. It's been pretty awesome. So if if you're introducing yourself and you get into a football conversation. And they say, hey, tell me about your career. Do you start with college or a pro memory? Because you've had plenty of uh, plenty of big moments in both. Yeah, I, it probably, I, I probably work the audience. Like, who, where are they at? You know, yeah. like, like I, I like telling the story, like, because, you know, when I'm in high school, we didn't have a lot of money. And so this thing called ESPN wanted to make me and some of my friends the first high school athletes they'd followed around. And I was like, okay, what's ESPN? And they're like, oh, sports channel thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. That'll probably doubt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I go there and we do the thing and I start asking these guys that travel to the games to us because also none of us had cell phones. Hey, have you ever heard of ESPN? They're like, no, okay, cool. Yeah, they're following me around. Oh, yeah, they're following me around too. Okay, cool. So we all go. We should all go to the same school together. And we never stay in contact with each other. We see each other. We see each other now. We still laugh. We're like, man, it's so crazy that we knew each other 16 to 17. I was Mr. Kentucky. Is Mr. Ohio and Mr. West Virginia. Y'all want to guess who they are? Randy Moss. Randy Moss Mr. was Mr. West, West Virginia. Mr. Ohio, Charles Woodson. Wow. We did all the, we did all the this together. That's good friends. Like they were trying to get me to do in a, uh, in a Monday Night Football with them forever. And I'm like, y'all, you know I'm not doing. I'm raising kids. You know what I <laughs> mean? But like like those who we like, can you imagine if we had cell phones back then? Oh. You know I mean? <laughs> well, and, and also if you had nil uh, yeah. back then oh, yeah. uh, with your, I mean, with your personality and your play at Alabama, yeah. of all places with that fan base, yeah. And you know, you were kind of in that transition. Alabama has been a great program for a yeah. long time, but you were sort of in between yeah. the Bear Bryant greatness yep. to the Nick Saban greatness. Right. What's it like sitting back now and seeing all these national championships it's and success so with fun. Nick Saban? It's so fun. You know, I was, I was, 
I was brought in by Gene Stallings, and and that was like who also Bear, won a national title. That was Bear Bryant's like last like protege. You yep. know what I mean? He was like, man, this is my guy, and uh, and so we got to learn that and be a part of that, and that that rugged, tough, run the ball, three 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 uh, clouds of uh, three yards of smoke. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like, and I loved it. You know, and so so being a part of that was great, and breaking all those records and being you know being the guy at this great university was just amazing. I could tell stories for days about that, like just growing and looking around and seeing all these super talented kids and always wanting the same thing, which is to go be great and impress your family at home and tell them why you can do it. Like that's still the same culture at Alabama and uh, that, and, and Nick Saban's obviously taking it to a whole nother level to do all with all these, you know, you got kids personality. Everybody thinks they're great now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there was no, there was no, we didn't know what ESPN was. So, you know, so now everybody's thinking, oh, I was great in high school. And I'm like, well, really? You weren't even on TV. And now everybody's on TV. You, know? so you got the kid that's, that's never going to play D1 that he's on TV. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's a little bit harder, but Nick's done an amazing job. So you were NFL MVP in 2005. Yeah. Adrian Peterson got one. Yep. But uh, last year, Derrick Henry with 2,000-yard season, second consecutive rushing title, didn't get a sniff. Yeah. Uh, this year, Jonathan Taylor rose to be part of the conversation, but uh, none of us are thinking he's going to get named tonight yeah. at NFL Honors. Do, do you think MVP is now just a quarterback award? You know, it's easier for the quarterback to get it, you know. The, but the same is still the same, like – You've got to be that guy, and Jonathan definitely was, but your team has to be great. You know, like, you know, when I won it, we were 13-3. and um, Ladanian comes behind me, and they were they were really good too. You know what I mean? And so 13-3 also, I believe. And so, so, like, there's not many of us that get it, but what's really clear is a lot of, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and your team's got a great record. And so it takes all of that to happen. And your quarterback can't be better, be the best guy. You know, you know what I mean? Like, that, that helps a little bit, you know. Well, that year, you beat out Manning and Brady in yeah. the vote. Yep. And you were on this run of, like, four or five straight years of 15 or more touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was the year you had, like, 20. Did you set the record? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 27 rushing and one receiving. Yep. So you had the expectations, and then you met them and exceeded them That's that right. year. And the vote went to you. That's, That's, right. That's how you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Played that you didn't deserve it, but that's how you beat the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, no, there, there's a constant bit of – so, like, Jonathan comes and does it again. Right. And then they're like, wow, did we miss? You know, because I think I had 20 touchdowns the year before that. And so I know Emmett and Marshall, these were, you know, these were the guys that I was looking up to. I, my goal was to be the third guy to have 20 touchdowns back-to-back. And so so when I got 28, it, it broke the record. And uh, and I was like, oh, okay, now now we got a shot. But when the MVP wasn't really the goal, it was to, to go be better than what it was. And I think that was all a part of it, too. Do you worry about Derrick Henry from here after the Jones fracture and the wear and tear of his massive workload? Yeah, I, I worry about Derrick just because he's my nephew. You know what I mean? Like, I just love the Joker. And uh, and uh, so, but the, the wear and tear is just really Real. You know what I mean? Like I, I could tell like after after not the not the MVP season, I broke the foot the first year, but even after that I could say, Oh man, like like healing up is just taking a little bit longer, you know what I mean? And you know, I would take I could get my helmet ripped off and have whiplash and get a masseuse, a chiropractor, and I'd be I'd be fairly good. I'd be almost like eighty five percent ninety after for the next game, but that'd be almost ninety nine by by two weeks and, and you could just feel like, oh, I'm still at 70. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you tape this up and we'll just we'll act it out real good? But so so that's the wear and tear is just real. And I think that's why they're going to 
the, the platooning running backs now is because, you know, one, you don't want to wear this, this, this star out because if you just have it for one big game, it's worth it. But, uh, but to be able to do that many carries, that many games over and over after years, it just wears on you. Now, the NFL recently lost a legend in John Madden, yeah. and I think of you, obviously, as a great football player, but as kind of a Madden legend yeah. in your era. You know, you were yeah. one of the guys yeah. that everyone wanted to play with yeah. on, on Madden. Yep. You talked about the ESPN impact on your life when you didn't know anything about ESPN. Yeah. What was the Madden impact on you, and how often do you hear about your impact on that game when you were a big part of it? It's funny because we played Madden as kids, and you're playing, and it's kind of fun, but... but uh it was my nephews that let me know how big it was, you know. So here I'm in the pros. I've done had like five of the best NFL running back seasons ever, you know. And he's like, "Oh, now I know you're good. You're on Madden." I was like, "I, I won the MVP." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like, like the MVP should do that. He's like, "Oh, no, no, no." But when you're on Madden, now you're good. I was like, "Okay, that's what that is." And so, so that is, uh, it's still remarkable, you know. I'll go places, and you got little kids who're like, "Hey." They told me you were on the cover of Madden. I'm like, yeah, you know, oh, that that's amazing. I was like, you know, I was like the best player in the world, <laughs> right? In the world, the best player. That's what MVP means. And they're like, yeah, but you was on Madden. I was like, okay, Madden wins. <laughs> you know, that's where it is for kids today, you know. So, so yeah, so that that was amazing. And, you know, it's really funny. Everybody always talks about Madden. They talk about the Madden curse. And I'm like, nah, it's not, it's not actually real. You know what I mean? Like, there's 32 quarterbacks, 32 running backs, 64 players. 50 of them will not play every game, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean? like everybody has to know the facts. So you're just like, oh, OK, so, I mean, yeah, so so that man can't be a curse. In other words, everybody, then you can curse the MVP. You, you, <laughs> you curse just about every award after that, too, because, you know, a quarterback or running back and most receivers, they get a little bit better numbers, but they're going to get hurt every year. It's a, it's a violent sport that we love, you know, Sean Alexander uh, with us. You're also on the cover of NCAA football, right? Uh, when they, uh, I remember playing this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand, uh, but that, sure was. That, that's not as memorable as Madden. Well, yeah. <laughs> I played that almost as much as Madden. See, I played NCAA football way more than Madden. When I was in college, that was the game yeah. we would play: was NCAA football and yeah. make your own roster and yes. yep. recruit your own players and, and do the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's right. So I was the first person to be on the cover of both the college and the sport and the pro. Yep, yeah, that's right. You 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 have the the freshman of the year award named after you. Yeah. That that record still holds. Single game rushing record at Alabama. Yeah, like two ninety one. Two ninety one. Four touchdowns. First two carries went for touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that's right? crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> was that your first appearance? Uh, so I, I played in games, but I, I you know I ended the game with like five carries or two carries, and then the, it just happened that the starter and the backup both got hurt on ESPN against LSU, <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, put the." third stringer kid that we had running scout team this week that didn't even know all the plays <laughs> second know? carry 74 yard touchdown yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah just you know just running through the holes they're like hey what well, do you even know the plays i'm like nah just point me in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> tell me which way to yeah, go 93b right okay that's to the left right yeah okay cool i got it let's, let's work right here and man and that's that's the you just don't know any better you know you're just like yeah you know and i remember after that touchdown but the, the long, long one i come yeah. to the sideline and montoya madden who's the fourth stream running back he comes around and goes dude I'm so mad at you. <laughs> we played video games till 3 o'clock in the morning. We woke up at 6 o'clock because Coach Stallings had this, I want everybody up. You've had three hours of sleep, and you've just put us up. up. We're up 14 to nothing against LSU, 8 versus 7. You know, the winner's going to the SEC championship. 
and you're just smiling through this whole thing. <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> it works out well. Isn't that the beauty of the running back position, though? Yeah. At times, it can be that simple. If you have the ability, point me in the, in the right direction. Yep. I'll take you where you need to go. That's it, man. And, and I mean, but that's really what's, what's so sweet about football. I think sometimes the coaches, they're making so much money. They want to outthink the other coach. And it's just like, yeah, you know, like, like if the Rams and the 49ers got to play again, and I'd be like, man, Put number nineteen back there behind the rock and just run out downhill and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, like let let Debo go off. You know, I would love to just see that happen because he's really a running back. But you have kids, you have kids today that, that you got running backs now trying to play wide receiver and they just run the swinging gate and all that. You know, but but it's it just gets really sometimes could be really simple. Just run the rock, you'll win. You know. Tell us about Cafe Momentum and uh, the partnership you have with them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's so we're we're throwing a big party here uh, with uh, NFL Legends and and uh, some of my partners uh, at Stand Together uh, uh, tomorrow night to uh, to honor Cafe Momentum. So so Stand Together is about it's about seven hundred of some of the most successful businessmen, women, and philanthropic leaders in the country, and they put their money together to help impact people that are in poverty or affected by poverty. And one of the organizations that they help is Cafe Momentum. And Cafe Momentum was started by Chad Hauser, uh, award-winning chef. He had this restaurant. It was just amazing, doing good. And he went and taught cooking class to some kids in the juvenile system. And, uh, and after that, they went in. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. They went to a, a contest against the culinary school there. And, and, uh, and one of the kids in the juvie system won. He runs up to him, oh, my God, chef, I won. Jumps up, hugs him. When I get done, I want to be a chef. He goes, man, where should I work, Taco Bell or Wendy's? <laughs> <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Yeah, but, and so Chad was, he was amazed by the moment that the kid won, but he started realizing, like, man, like, I've actually judged this kid just incorrectly. Like, here is this kid. I thought this kid was a thug, and, and really he just had – the wrong family around him. He had the wrong ecosystem around him. He said, so, man, if I put the right system around these kids and let them know they can do it, what would happen? And so that's what he did with his restaurant. And uh, the recidivism is at 15%. And most people, most most juvenile programs, it's like 50%. In other words, you go to jail, you come out of juvie, you'll come back again. 50% of kids, that's that's a, that's a national mark. But cap and minimum is 15%. And so we could talk about, like, how great that is that now 85% there. But if you talk about the success of those kids, you got kids, college graduates now, kid, you got some of the kids working in hospitals, entrepreneurs starting their own companies. And you're like, man, look at what's happened with these kids that we have just put the right system around them. And so I, I'm watching what they're doing in Dallas, and I just said, we should put this in every NFL city. <laughs> and they all looked at me like, is that possible? And I was like, let me call the NFL. Here we go. And so – we are breaking ground in Nashville and Pittsburgh right now. We're about to announce Friday the fourth city, which, you know, it's going to be L.A. Don't okay. tell anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so we're super excited about that. Uh, and then, you know, we, we've got Denver, Chicago, Atlanta. We've got some other cities that are on the mind. But it's just exciting because we're, we literally have an opportunity to change how the juvenile justice system is done in our country. And. You know, kids do some bad things, right? You know what I mean? So some kids, all of them need to be disciplined, you know what I mean, corrected. That's just a part of training. But uh, but how about if we found a way to actually take the kids that really want success and not just uh, try to prove their prove themselves in some kind of negative ways? Um, it's just working. So it's pretty amazing. 
We're based in Fantastic. Nashville, so you let us know what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'll do. I'll let you guys know. Sean Alexander has been our guest here on Radio Row. Pleasure to catch up with you again, man. Let's do this again soon. Yeah, we should, man. We should. I, you know, uh, it's been good. Y'all, y'all are the, the first group that hasn't asked me about the Hall of Fame. You know, oh. right? so, <laughs> well. so let me tell y'all. So I don't know how the system works. Okay. But everybody's been like, you got 100 touchdowns. How are you not in the Hall of Fame? I'm like, all I know is I'll be patient. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm on the panel. Yeah. And I've voted for you into the top 25 yeah. every time. I don't know why you're not showing up. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, yeah. So we don't know. Like, that's, that's a, I, I have actually paid a little bit of attention to it because you don't want to get your feelings into it. Like, I saw Drew and I was like, oh, that looks terrible. Like, let me just, let me not look. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, but everybody here said, like, man, like, yeah, like, it's for some reason, I guess, since Seattle took off so well with Russell and all them, it's almost like oh that that generation's gone. But um, but uh, I've I've been hearing good things, so it's pretty exciting. But you're not getting your hopes up, you said. You can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm exciting because I'm here. You know, what I mean? oh, like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, you can't because like you know at the end of the day, like it's still other people voting. You know, what I mean, like if they're like, hey. Who at 44 can run the best 40? I'm like, I pretty much get them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a being, you know what I mean? So but, those kids keep yeah, running. Yeah. Well, I, I think you have a great uh, it, resume. The resume great. speaks for itself. But the fact that you beat out Manning and Brady for MVP in a year, that also speaks for itself. A lot of those guys that are voting are on the panel. So yeah. I, I would think that we that would get their attention. Yeah, it's been pretty exciting to hear, you know, because I've, I've totally not – engage myself with it just off of just not wanting to have the uh you know yeah but uh but being here it's been really really cool to hear people talk about it it's been a lot of fun well Good deserved. Luck, Appreciate yeah, you. thank you man thank you sean alexander has been our guest to open up the show coming up ron jaworski and when we come back jay glazer that's all coming up on outkick 360 get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Glad you're with us from Los Angeles. It's Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Great visit to open the show with Sean Alexander. Coming up, we'll have Jay Glazer and uh, many more. Uh, Ron Jaworski is on today's show as well. Tony Baselli, LeGarrette Blunt, three-time Super Bowl champion. LeGarrette Blunt on the show. Plus, Clay Travis joins us in a matter of minutes. Guys, big show today. They're all big. I'm, I'm trying to sound humble here, gentlemen, Go ahead. when I say that there's too many big names on today's show for me to remember. Oh. That's the type of day it's going to be. There's that many big names coming on the show. Again, I say that with all humility, but that's the type of show we're going to conduct today. It is a large day, and uh, I'll be putting my reading glasses on more to lean over to read uh, Hutton's handy Good list Good luck with that. Here. Uh, because of your handwriting or because of my visual? Well, that handwriting is small. I was referring to my handwriting. Double whammy, yeah. I don't know how Hutton can properly write out letters the way he does that small. <laughs> Like, my fingers get in the way, and it's got to be wider when you put down letters. It's impressive to see Hutton Small writing. He's leaving himself space. Truly impressive. That's right. I don't settle. I don't don't pretend that this is the final Final. list. By the way, um, speaking of uh, 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 
something special. Sean Alexander, in our conversation with him. What a guy. That is a special dude. Twelve kids. I just feel like I wanted to say that again. Twelve kids. That's uh, that's difficult. That's 12 times as many kids as I have. That, and <laughs> I, I, I can't handle mine. It's, so. He said nine girls, three boys. Oldest is 18, about to graduate high school. Youngest is six months. So 12 kids within that range. One of them now moving on, going to college. Just crazy. crazy. God bless them. Um, the Taylor brothers are now coaching two of the top talented uh, young quarterbacks in the NFL. Of course, Zach Taylor's the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He coaches Joe Burrow. His brother, Press, has just been named offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he is now coaching and directly involved in the future of Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville. And Press Taylor, the OC, looks at what his brother's doing with Joe Burrow, and now it's on another Taylor to bring the young Lawrence up under his wings compared to the disaster of his rookie season. Uh, some of it's on him. Most of it's on the situation in Jacksonville. Well, it's, got, uh, it's got some talent to work with, obviously. But, um, yeah, uh, look, we're, we're going to talk Tony Baselli today, right? Yeah, he's on the show later. We'll, uh, we'll ask him a little bit about this idea of uh, a bad team jumping into a good team situation. We're looking directly at a picture of Burrow that's on the wall here. And Cincinnati stunk a year ago. Yes, they did. And I like the offensive approach mm-hmm. with Jacksonville. Hiring former NFL quarterback, uh, a quarterback, former quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, head coach, and Doug Peterson. And now the move to, uh, we talked about the hand of McVay. Will we now have the hand of Taylor? <laughs> so Taylor's relatives now will get good jobs in the NFL because of Zach Taylor's success. Let's go across the city to Century City. Clay Travis joins us on Outkick 360 uh, with Fox and, and doing all the, the radio hits uh, for his show today. Clay, hope you're doing well, man. I'm doing well, boys. Has it uh, picked up in intensity on Radio Row today? How does it feel compared to you know past Super Bowls that you guys have been able to cover from the Radio Row experience? It's on, it's on par, for sure. It is definitely stepped up, and there is a good deal of traffic and activity and buzz. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot busier today That's than awesome. it, it was the previous three days combined. It feels yeah. like Radio Row today, Clay, uh, the Radio Row that you remember. Um, this is the first day it really feels That's that good. way with I'm, the amount of people. I'm so ready, and I know so many sports fans are, and we've seen it certainly in the south, but I feel like the coastal regions are not. But uh, you get that kind of buzz of intensity as the days move through the week, I always think around Wednesday, you start to feel like, hey, this is a Super Bowl going on. Thursday and Friday, you build up to that frenzy. And uh, by the time you get to Saturday, even in a city that's as big as Los Angeles, like I know you guys were up in New York six or seven years ago, eight years ago, whatever it was when they hosted the Super Bowl. I was impressed, even in a city like New York, which has so many things going on, the Super Bowl brings a different vibe and panache feel to the city. And uh, I'm starting to feel like that here in L.A., where, by the way, the weather is absolutely perfect. Not to rub it in, uh, but I know many parts of the country are frigid right now. Uh, I'm looking forward to going outside, flipping on the shades, going to eat lunch before Fox Bet Live today. Uh, The weather is almost perfect. Clay, speaking of Radio Row picking up and and seeing a lot of uh, old friends, new friends here on Radio Row, Polly Paps from Dan Patrick's show, we just had a conversation with him before we went live. And he gave us a great topic that I want to throw to you. He came up and he said, here's okay. the topic. 
would you rather be the NFL commissioner or the SEC commissioner? And he explained it by saying, now, people would immediately jump to NFL commissioner. It pays probably four times the amount. But you're beloved as the SEC commissioner. You're hated as the NFL commissioner. You're not looking over as many teams slash schools if you're the SEC commissioner. What would your answer be to that question? NFL commissioner. I mean, it's not like four times. I mean, I don't know what Greg Sankey's exact salary is, but I think, and I'm, I'm approximating here, and Greg Sankey is a good friend of mine, and he's done a fabulous job, by the way. He is the better commissioner, right? If the debate is who's done a better job, the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, or the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, I think the answer is Sankey beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I think Sankey makes around $4 million a year, and Roger Goodell makes $40 million a year. So, uh, look, as much as I might love the job of being SEC commissioner, and I do, you guys know, love SEC football. It's a big part of, I think, the cultural fabric of the South. $40 million a year uh, for Roger Goodell's job is hard to say no to compared to four. So I'd rather be SEC commissioner if the salaries were roughly equal. Uh, but if, uh, if you're telling me I can make 40 or I can make four, sorry, I'm signing up for NFL commissioner in a heartbeat. Clay, when will you allow lifestyle to be a factor in a decision and in something other than money uh, when you make a decision? Because Never. think of the lifestyle and where you would be living uh, as opposed to NFL commissioner in the job. Now, you are a worker. So, you never say no to work, and I don't think the work element would be a part of the decision for you, but I do feel like there would be a lifestyle upgrade as SEC commissioner as opposed to NFL commissioner. I mean, I may take a monster pay decrease and be governor of Tennessee in 2026. <laughs> so I don't know what the governor of Tennessee makes, uh, but I may run for governor in 2026 uh, in our great state of Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I would go from millions of dollars a year to like $150,000 a year. So that would be an answer. I think there's a lot of people out there who decide to, uh, to go into politics who have been successful elsewhere that take a massive downgrade in the overall amount of pay that you could earn. Uh, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, uh, but if I ever make the shift from media to politics, I'll be walking away uh, from a great deal of money to make a way less. But I just think, uh, look, Birmingham, Alabama, I love, but New York City versus Birmingham, Alabama. And by the way, if you make $40 million a year, you live wherever you want, right? You have a private jet. You can fly in and out of multiple homes. Uh, you know, that is a, a lifestyle changing money. And, and you say like, hey, there's not a lot of pressure on you. I, I think if you talk to Greg Sankey about what happens when his officials get a call wrong uh, in an SEC game that costs a team a job, I think he's done a fabulous job. But man, there's a lot of pressure in the SEC. I would argue the average SEC fan cares more about whether his team wins than the average NFL fan does. Uh, not to take away from NFL fandom, but I think uh, college football SEC fandom is more of a direct connection to the way you feel even than an NFL team uh, fandom can be. Clay, we've always uh, kind of uh, it, it halfway joked about the, the governor of Tennessee. I felt like this comment, though, on the show for the first time had a bit more uh, truth to the, the tongue-in-cheek mention. Oh, I mean, I might run. I mean, it's five years from now or four years from now, whatever the math is. I mean, go back to 2018. 
uh, if you have been asking people, hey, what do you think is going to happen in 2020? And what do you think 2021 is <laughs> going to like? I mean, uh, if, if you went back to just two years ago, uh, Super Bowl Miami, right? You guys were there, Super Bowl 54, uh, as everything was completely normal. And as we got ready for the Chiefs and the 49ers to play, imagine that you had sort of Rip Van Winkle style gone to sleep and then suddenly you wake up and you see what's going on right now in the country, uh, even just to be at an airport, right? To see everybody wearing masks, to see what's happened over the last couple of years. I think forecasting a year from now is wildly difficult to do, but all you have to do is think about how crazy 2020 was. And frankly, 2021 didn't feel like it was a lot calmer. I think we're kind of in a crazy accelerated news cycle. And so projecting what the world is gonna look like four years from now is a fool's errand, uh, but it's something that you know may have uh, may have appeal to me. Well, I mean, maybe our studio's in the governor's mansion in five years. <laughs> <laughs> Clay Travis with us. Clay, uh, I, was... I haven't even I haven't been to the governor's mansion, but I did tell my wife we got invited there for uh, uh, for Christmas, and I joked with her. I was like, "Well, you can go check out the house and see if you want to live there in a few years." <laughs> Clay, uh, I was doing some radio hits this morning and was asked, uh, this happened twice, I was asked what the blood bank guarantee was from Clay Travis. I said I didn't know, uh, but when I do these radio interviews tomorrow morning, I'd like to know the answer. What's the, what's the pick for this weekend? Well, first of all, everybody should go to FanDuel.com slash Clay. You can bet $5. Uh, you can go to FanDuel.com slash OutKick. $5 bet, 56-1 to 1 payout. All you have to do is take the Rams or the Bengals to win. Got a girlfriend, Valentine's Day, coming up on Monday, by the way. Got to remind people out there, uh, wives, maybe some expectations, especially coming off of the Sunday Super Bowl that you're going to take care of them on Monday. Uh, if you both bet, Got the girlfriend, got the wife, got the husband, got the boyfriend to bet. $10 guaranteed 280 if you go to fanduel.com slash clay or fanduel.com slash outkick. I'm on the Rams. They're, I believe they're going to win by double digits. I think they cover the four, four and a half, which is where that spread is right now. And I like the under. And my exact score for people out there who want to try to hit a big home run here, uh, I'm predicting 2017, 27 to 17 uh, Rams win by 10, cover the number, under hits. Clay Travis has been our guest over in Century City. Clay, always great to catch up with you, man, and, and sitting down with us right now. Lots of fun, Clay. Thank, thank you. Bruce Buffer, uh, the veteran voice of the Octagon. Clay, awesome. appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, that's a guy who's never taken a paid decrease, Hi guys. How are you? by Sorry. the way. That's a guy who's made a lot of money over it? the years. Absolutely, yes. I'd job in the NFL commission. <laughs> <laughs> Clay, appreciate you. And, uh, Thanks, Clay. The, the veteran voice of the Octagon, Bruce Buffer, with us. Oh. This is a real treat, man. How are you? Thank you. Treat for me, too. It's an honor to be on your show. I'm doing really well. This is amazing leading up to the amazing Sunday about to happen. Oh, and then Saturday, UFC 271. And I was going to say, followed by that, or rather, after the Saturday I'm going to experience in Houston, UFC 271 is going to be amazing. Adesanya, Whitaker, too. A brawl for it all. Highly skilled fighters. Adesanya is way to being the GOAT in his division. Uh, Whitaker, an amazing strong fighter, also on his way, too, to, to great fame, as he already has. But I hear... Whitaker is in incredible shape, and Adesanya, I know, is in incredible shape. So be prepared for an amazing championship fight. But the other fight that I know all the people love is Tui Tui Vasa and Derek Lewis. They can't wait to see these two heavyweight monsters go at it. And I can just say one thing. It's going to be Tim Burr. I don't yeah. see it going the full three rounds. So we'll see what happens. So I, right before a big pay-per-view, 
Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking as I see Bruce Buffer walking around and making making the radio row car wash. <laughs> Are you worried about your voice today as you get ready for the weekend? No, not at all. Um, no. I can announce the show every day of my life. Okay. You know, you have to ask yourself, think about a singer who does two shows five days a week, two in a day. I mean, how, I, I'm more like, how do they do that? I do in my six-hour show of the UFC, I have my mean 40 minutes of actual roaring and activity. And, you know, I put my whole body into it. I just don't stand still like other announcers. With all respect to other announcers, I have to do it my way. Um, it's energy. It's energy. It's passion. And I have to prove every night I walk out that I deserve this job. I have to prove to myself and the people around me. So I treat every night like my very first night. How old were you when you learned that Michael Buffer was your brother? <laughs> like 29 years old. Never wow, knew he existed, never knew any touch whatsoever, saw him on TV, saw the name. I owned telemarketing companies in my 20s before the Internet, and natural thing is to look in the phone book, see if you see your last name. Never saw my last name. Now this handsome, debonair, James Bond-style guy <laughs> comes on TV and says, Buffer, and I'm like, who the heck is this guy, right? We all know what happened. And then you became his agent. I, I, I don't like being an agent. I'm a manager. Manager. Yeah. Okay. Um, I say that with all kiddingness, but, you know, agents, they promise, promise, promise. I pick up the phone, make things happen. <laughs> so did you negotiate the, the, the rights for the phrase? Like, I'm even, I'm even scared to say the phrase that he says. I'm the man, I'm the sheriff behind the man behind the rumble. So, and, okay. And I, I, he trademarked it initially when I pushed him when we first met, but it wasn't fully protected. And I realized I need to, I met with attorneys and I trademarked it properly to protect it and build it into the brand it is today. We became partners about 30 years ago and I became his manager about 30 years ago. And I wanted to take that HBO boxing ring and build everything out that we did with the video games and the toys and the movies and everything that we've done together. Um, I'm a brander and a marketer first and foremost. I was before I ever met him. And uh, I am before I even step in the octagon. That's my Saturday Boy Scouts go to camp job. So we, 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 did, we, didn't have, we didn't meet for the sake of meeting at our previous stop. We had a big meeting about that phrase. Yeah. Don't uh, use it. Don't use it. And so uh, and it we, got in my I've head. I've never heard of anything else that, that like, we were instructed not to say. <laughs> you, you can't. Know, but your your, your branding was the top of the list of yeah. what not to say. I have, I have to be the sheriff. People take it. They misuse it on radio shows, movies, the biggest studios can imagine. And this is our business. We license it out. I mean, it's Michael's. He created it. He owns it like I created. Well, it's time is a generic term, but I trademarked it and created it in the announcing world that I do it. And I have a trademark, too. And I deal, you know, legally with violations every sure. month. Um, and we have to do it. I mean, if you don't protect your trademark, the government can actually take it away from you. One time, Don Imus was abusing it, and I went after him in Infinity Broadcasting. And um, I read in the paper one morning when I woke up that they were suing us to free up the, the trademark for public domain, right? I wrote about this in my book. Um, I'm, it's like David and Goliath. You know, we don't have Infinity money. I mean, we do okay, of course. But <laughs> uh, I, went, I had my attorney go in that afternoon and, and counter, you know, counter back. And they realized that, you know, hey, we can't do that. Right? It's a formal trademark, so it has to be treated as such. You mentioned that you're not worried about your voice being affected no. uh, for this event. Are you and your brother just blessed with great voices where you've never had real issues with it? Does your voice go out when you get sick, or is there some sort of regimen that maybe you're not even willing to share with everyone no, okay. on how you keep your That's voice also licensed? Yes. Well, you know, you take care of your voice. Please don't send your lawyers to me for asking <laughs> no, no, questions. No, it's all good, guys. It's all good, guys. It's all good. 
friendly friendly atmosphere here. Yeah. Um, you don't abuse it. I don't smoke. You know, I, I don't abuse my voice. Uh, the regimen that I have is you have to learn how to bring your voice up from here like a singer, you know, instead of here. Because in the old days, I would get hoarse just doing it from here. And I keep honey on the table and Hall's meant to lift us during an event. But, you know, you learn how to control it. And to answer your question, Michael will say this, my brother Brian who will say this, but our dad, Michael says, had the best set of pipes of all of us. He was a Marine drill instructor, mm. you know, and son, project your voice. I used to get that when I walk in the room as a kid. And go, oh, okay, dad, you know. Um, his voice could scare the Pope, to be honest with you. And heck of a heck of a voice on him. So I think we got it a little hereditary, and you work with it, and you just don't abuse it. I know you, you recently had the streak end of, of all the UFC events that you had called without missing. It was due to COVID, Yeah, right? I had COVID. What, how strange was it to be the voice of the octagon, but yet no fans for a while? Oh, it's still I mean? happening. Like, still happening. Now we have maybe 100 fans at the Apex shows. It was an experience, but, you know, I consider myself a performer as well as an announcer, so you got to create the excitement for the TV. So I go out and still give it their all. Obviously, when there's 20,000 fans or whatever in the audience, like come Saturday, it's going to be another level. You can feed off of that, yeah, too. Yeah, feed off of that. You know, you'll, I'll get air or whatever. And I do that at the Apex show. I just get into it. Because the thing for me is this. No matter where it's the Apex, where there's nobody or 100 people, or whether it's Toyota Center on Saturday, 20,000, whatever's in there, when I'm in the octagon and I'm looking at the blue corner to the red corner, I'm focused on the eye of the tiger. My whole attention and focus is on the fighter. I don't even hear the crowd. So at the apex, I can block it out and just do my job. And I bring it every time as best I can. You know, like how, what I do or don't like what I do, I try to just do the best I can every time. Well, you've got this trick with your note cards. I know you, you put your pinky finger through the note card. I cut card. a little hole because on yeah, that move, I don't want to lose it. it. When you're done with the note for that fighter, and you never drop your other ones. Yeah, right? like in the opening, I have two cards. And I don't want to go like this. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just jack that card back, throw it back. The doorman knows to pick it up. We have our little routine together. Well, it's like there, a guy with playing cards that can flip the playing card. Yeah. He can the, do it with a note card. There was one time, though, we didn't pick up the card. I got back to my chair, and the fighters are fighting, <laughs> and the card's on the ground. And you see the card on the ground like this, yeah. right? And you see the fighters stepping all around it, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, please don't step on the card and slip and fall. Oh. I'm going to catch it from Dana after this round, you know? <laughs> Man, when that was done, I ran in that octagon and picked up that card like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> Bruce Buffer has been our guest. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. By the way, if you get a chance, my new bourbon, Puncher's Chance Bourbon, is the fastest-selling, highest-rated new craft distilled bourbon in America. I've won six gold medals for taste and design. And the Bourbon Spectator just called us the finest sipping bourbon in a $30 price range for the bottle in America. Wow. I'm really proud about this. Connor's a buddy, but I'm going to show Connor how to do it the proper way. <laughs> it's all good. So if you get a chance, check out Puncher's Chance Bourbon. It's, it's, it's all about being the underdog. One punch can change your life. But it's incredible. You, you brought a handle for us? Pardon me? I, you know, I should have brought a case. <laughs> yeah. I just realized that before I got here. You know, boo on me for not being we the had cookies for you, person that I That would am. take radio. Please grab another cookie. On I, <laughs> I got to watch my girlish figure. I'm a camera Saturday. You know? <laughs> I train for these events, guys. I'm going home right now to train for two hours. My last session for the – I get an announcer. I take my job very uh, seriously. I know you do. And <laughs> I, I love it. The energy from it is unlike anything you'll see in sports. So – one Keep writer up, said that Michael's. Thank you so much for that kind yeah. of words. I appreciate it. One writer said, "I love this." Said Michael, and he is the greatest announcer of all time. But he said Michael's like a fine bottle of Bordeaux, 
and I'm like a shot of Jack Daniels, which we will phrase a shot of puncher's chance. Yeah, yeah. Go. perfect. <laughs> Good to see you. Terrific. Thank you. Thank Bruce you. Buffer Thank has been much. our guest. Stay tuned. A lot more coming on Radio Row with Outkick 360. Miss a portion of the show? Subscribe to the podcast. Search Outkick 360 wherever you download your podcasts. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Ron Jaworski will join us in 10 minutes as we broadcast from Radio Road Super Bowl 56. Outkick 360 rolls on. Excited so the, for the game. One of the first Super Bowls uh, I was at, Teresa came and met me in Miami. And uh, we, we were dating. She's a big Eagles fan. And uh, she went to the pool while I was doing some work. And Ron Jaworski showed up at the pool. He sat at the pool for a while. He was reading a book. And then he got up and left. And he left his book. And she was like, my God, Ron Jaworski, the quarterback of my youth, (laughs) has left his book at the pool. So she took the book to the concierge and said, this belongs to Ron Jaworski. I wanted to make sure it gets back to him. So she tells this story to this day. So I told her we had Ron Jaworski on today. And she's like, you have to tell him this story about me returning the book. Surely he remembers that the, the book was returned. I'm, yeah, that's not. I wonder gonna, if he would remember the book. And what do you know? What, which book it was? That, that's what I want to know. So Does just, he remember it, the book? Uh, Teresa just made it on the air, just not directly to Jaworski. So we have uh, Jaws coming up uh, in, a, in 10 minutes. Also later, Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network will be with us. Tony Baselli, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. The finalists find out tonight if they, made, uh, if they get the knock. To, or is it a phone call now? Or are they actually doing it in person? If they find out if they're going to get the gold jacket for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that, that comes out tonight. LeGarrette Blunt will be with us as well. Those, both of those guests are in hour number three. Uh, plus, uh, actor Edward James Olmos is on the show. Stand and Deliver, very powerful film that I remember and revisited. As Oscar I was nominated. Ready to talk to him. He's one of those. Emmy for me. nominated for, for Miami Vice. I would not be able, and this is no slight to him. I, I mean, I'm not the, the film aficionado like, like Chad, and that's a compliment. Resident. But I'm no Dennis but, Leary. But I, uh, I would not recognize his name or be able to tell you his name if I saw him. He's one of those actors that's like, oh, yeah. Uh, he's in so many he's shows. He's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Character actor. Yes. Uh, it's it's kind of how you describe But he was a leading man for a time, too, being Oscar nominated. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to chatting with him. How great was Bruce Buffer also? He's it, cool. It's amazing yeah. those UFC business side guys. Dana White, who we've interviewed before, Bruce Buffer, at least for me, have a way of motivating me when I talk to those oh, guys. The, the energy of the, the walkout and then the announcement for the fights are unbelievable. You know, the, it, it's, it's a routine that you hear a lot if you, if you watch, but at the same time it gets you the, the energy and the goosebumps going for the main event championship bout, which is what you want. And he brings it every single time. Yeah. I'm on the Bengals side of this game. You guys know that. But I've got a stat that concerns me a lot uh, regarding Cooper Cup. The Bengals are bad at defending slot receivers. They've given up 70.2 completion percentage to slot receivers. That's 25th in the league. 
They're giving up 8.6 yards per target, not per perception, per target, 27th in the league. Cooper Cup lines up 73% of the time, or has run 73% of his routes from the slot, and 44% of uh, the Rams' targets to the slot go to Cooper Cup. This is where I fear things for the Bengals. Cooper Cup obviously going to be a pain in anybody's ass in the game, but he lines up right where the Bengals are maybe at their weakest in the slot, and I'm sure the Rams will try to uh, abuse that area of weakness. This is where my primary fear comes, that and Aaron Donald. This bodes well for the Rams in that matchup. A quick uh, daily Auburn update as Auburn turns. Yes. SEC coaches meetings taking place. We talked about SEC commissioner earlier. Taking place in Birmingham today. Brian Harson, back from his Mexican vacation, was there. Entered through a back door. Some people got pictures of him coming in. So he's at the SEC coaches meeting. He just he left the meeting, and people, a lot of media were there to catch him, and he said nothing. Complete silence on his way out when they were shouting questions at him. So, as of right now, Brian Harson's still the head coach at Auburn, but obviously things very uncertain how is with the tan, his future. How was the tan in the photos? I, the, the photo that I saw, the video you could see a little bit better, didn't look much different than he did during the season. Interesting. I don't think – maybe he just always tan. Maybe he, maybe he maybe he had a base tan going into the autumn. Or and maybe then he stays under the umbrella. anything else. Like me. Yeah. Are we sure he went to Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Mexico. Everything at Auburn is anyone's guess. Absolutely. Honey. Everything, including Harson's tan. We return uh, scheduled to be joined by Ron Jaworski. Uh, and then later in the hour, Armando Salguero will join us live and much, much more from Radio Road Super Bowl 56. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.